Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. We're back with Dr. Alex Arbach, whose previous Performance Mindset series was one of the most downloaded series of all time. And if you haven't listened to episodes 210, 215, and 216, you'll want to go back and check them out. As a senior director of wellness and development for the Toronto Raptors, Alex utilizes his experience of clinical care, crisis intervention, and performance consultation for professional, collegiate, and Olympic athletes to create performative changes. Today, Alex provides you with five evidence-based steps that build resilience and will help you thrive under adversity and grow and evolve against the odds. Alex explains why self-awareness and reflection, in spite of how we're feeling in the moment, is critical to this process and why doing so sets up a space to propel us forward and unlock our greatest potential. This is one of the most practical episodes on the performance mindset that we've ever done on The Blueprint, and I took a lot of notes, and I'll be leveraging them for myself, my family, and my team at AIM7. But before we get started, if you haven't already done so, please take two seconds and hit the subscribe button on whichever listening platform you are joining us from, as this is one of the best ways you can support the show. So now to my conversation with Alex. So let's lean in and learn from the best. Alex, I want to talk about resilience. And you have a five-step process for building resilience. I don't think we can talk about this subject enough in the world that we're in, as crazy as it is, as as much as it's changing. So let's unpack this process. What are these five steps? So first, I I can't take complete credit for the five steps, right? The the steps are evidence-based steps that people can take to self-reflect on adversity and ultimately bounce back stronger. And so for me, this all started with trying to figure out what resilience actually is, right? It's a word we we throw around a lot and people think of it as like, oh, you just get through the hard things or maybe it's you bounce forward or maybe it's you deal with adversity and you come back stronger. And the definition I landed on that I, I liked the most, that resonated most for me was this idea of seeking growth even when conditions don't support it. And so it's not necessarily that there has to be some like major adversity that you have to overcome or some trauma that you have to have gone through to be building your resilience. It's just this attitude, this mindset, this approach of I'm going to try to grow and evolve even if there's things happening in my environment or in my world that aren't the most conducive to that growth. Mm -hmm. So that could be an adversity, but it could also just be like persistent kind of crappy conditions, right? There's a lot of ways that... That's kind of every day for most people. Exactly. And so it's like... You know, that's just the world. But there, there may not be this clearly identifiable event where you're like, oh, here's this adversity. Here's this thing I definitely have to be resilient about. You know, we're kind yeah. of practicing this all the time. And so then it was from that point. It's like if that's the definition I'm using, how would I actually be seeking growth? Right. It sounds nice. But what would it actually look like? And all the data really suggests you need some level of reflection to grow, learn, and evolve. I mean, reflecting Mm -hmm. is kind of the key piece here that allows us to move forward. Without reflection, like learning doesn't consolidate. We don't get deep enough into it. We might kind of pick and choose or find little skills here or there, but we're probably not maximizing what's possible here. And so from that, then I looked for this five-step process or what I found was this five-step process that I really like. I want to pause for a moment to make you aware of a unique resource available to you. 
If you're looking for information and resources to improve your mind, body, and recovery, then sign up for my free weekly newsletter adaptation. Every Friday, you'll get an email from me where I'll bring you cutting-edge science and tools you can use now to improve the way you look, feel, and perform. So sign up now by going to www.ericcorum.com or by clicking the link in the show notes. So step one is identifying the trigger, right? It's figuring out like what is this thing that you are trying to grow through? That could be, like we were talking about, environmental conditions. That could be a specific stressor that you're navigating or dealing with. It could be relationships. Yes, relationships, a good one, right? There's a lot of different things that come up that could be this sort of trigger moment that now we feel something or we're dealing with something that we have to, to manage. Step two is to identify the feeling or identify what it is that this sort of trigger brings up in you. It's essentially like, what is it that you actually need to cope with, right? So it might be prolonged stress. If you're talking about a relationship, it might be a difficult conversation. So that might bring up sadness or disappointment or nervousness, frustration, or your mind might start racing because you're now thinking about all the different ways this relationship could evolve. There's lots of places where this particular trigger, a trigger could lead to some kind of internal Turmoil is maybe too strong of a word, but like internal thing that you're you're needing to manage, right? So mm-hmm. you identify the trigger. Now you identify what you feel. Now step three is to actively try to reappraise that situation. And what reappraisal is, is really kind of walking yourself through cognitively, like really the framework is, is this a challenge or is this a threat? Most of the time, that initial trigger, that initial response, we all kind of have this tendency to respond like there's something threatening here, right? My favorite example, if you want to use the relationship example, is like sending a text message to someone you love that just says, we need to talk, right? There's no one that reads those words. (laughs) Exactly, right? There's no one that reads those words and is like, oh, that's not a threat, right? We all immediately feel concerned. Like tonight is going to be a very long night. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm not sure I want to come over anymore. But that, that reappraisal is the process of actively sort of working with yourself to see the opportunity here, right? It's, okay, what could I learn here? What strength could I demonstrate? What's the opportunity embedded in this trigger and this response, right? Like you're trying to sort of coach yourself into responding more adaptively. Then the fourth step is to think about, okay, now that I've gone through this trigger, this response, and I've tried to reappraise, if this were to happen again in the future, what would I do? What would I do differently? How could I better cope with this? What would it take for me to manage this more effectively, right? And we can all, even if we're managing a stressor super well, there's probably all things we, all of us have things we could do that could sort of make that 1% better. And Mm -hmm. so this step is really figuring out like, okay, if this, then that, right? If this happens in the future, then what do I do? It's a very clear, like what psychologists would call implementation intention. It's a if then rule or plan you put in place so that if this trigger comes up again, you have a different set of responses available to you. And then the fifth and final step is to identify and cultivate any resources you would need to make step four come to life, right? So if it turns out you responded really poorly because you were just overtired and you've been going through a lot at work and now this relationship concern bubbles up and you snap and it's not the way you want to handle it, well, one resource you might identify that you need in the future is better sleep, right? Mm -hmm. But it could also be that you need ongoing social support or someone else in your world to sort of offer you care. There's lots of ways that you can figure out what the resources are. And really what we're after is figuring out how do we make this more adaptive, more effective response we've just identified in step four come to life. And again, be proactive about it so that the next time this trigger comes up, 
we know exactly what we're going to do. You know, going back to the beginning of this conversation, you said the word we need, or you said the phrase that we need reflection. And as I'm listening to these steps, this is a lot of internal awareness having to take place. You have to be aware. You have to identify. You have to identify a trigger, a feeling, actively appraise the situation. Think through the fact, if this happens again, how am I going to respond? How in the world do you create space to reflect? (laughs) Very, like, practically, it's like set aside five minutes at the end of your day, you know, or set aside Mm -hmm. 10 minutes in between meetings or set aside, you know, three touch points during the day. I mean, I have people I've worked with where, we set an alarm on their phone for three different times of the day, say nine, noon, and 3 p.m., or you can do 8, 12, and 4, whatever works for you, right, where you just kind of pause. You pause and you take stock of what's gone on so far. What, you know, where's my energy? How's my mood? What's impacting me right now? What am I still thinking about? What am I stuck on? What do I really want to accomplish in the next block of time? But it's really about being intentional and creating that space for yourself. I mean, it's not going to happen on its own, right? So you've got to slow down and you've got to create this opportunity. But importantly, it doesn't have to be this big 50-minute, 60-minute, 90-minute investment, right, to, to make reflection really work. It's just about slowing down enough to ask yourself some questions and go internal for a few minutes and actually think about what's going on for you and what you'd like to be doing differently or what you'd like to keep doing and what you're learning. And that can happen over the course of two and a half, three minutes if you're being super intentional with it. Um, And so I think it's about starting with making the time to make that happen. You got to have a pattern interruption. You got to like set an alarm. You got to figure out a time to do it. Do you consider this a mental health practice? Yeah, I, I do. I think um, I would consider it like a yeah general well-being practice. I mean, look, like there's a fine line between reflecting and then sort of like going down the rabbit hole and ruminating, right? But ultimately... <laughs> Healthy reflection. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ultimately, what we're after is this process where you're kind of constantly iterating and learning from your own experience. The goal, obviously, we all have is to not repeat the same mistakes and to double down on the things that are working for us. And in general, those two things can lead to a little bit better stress management, can lead to better well-being, better mental health. And so I think this is just a foundational practice for learning and mastering yourself, which is ultimately kind of the core of all high performance and all well-being. Thanks again for listening to the Blueprint Podcast. And if you found this episode useful, please take two seconds to take a screenshot of the podcast on your phone and share it with a friend or colleague that could use this message to improve their performance. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you on the next episode.